This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to BXB, Yankees podcast here on Odyssey. It is episode number seven, the Mickey Mantle episode with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Keith. On Tuesday night, hey, finally, celebration. All that anxiety from the summer disappears. The Yankees clinch the American League East. Yay, hooray, they did it. Champs again, AL East champs again. And, you know, sometimes uh, it looked like it it was going to be a collapse. It looked like it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, reflecting on it last night, it was the Yankees' division from the start. They took the lead first. They built the lead first. And to see these guys actually come through with it, and get it done with some time to spare here. Uh, it was a good night last night. I mean, and it's important to recognize that seasons have, you know, ebbs and flows and dips and highs and lows. You know, I mean, we, I, I think so much of the season, we focus, even when they're winning, we focus on what the flaws are. And every loss is a potential flaw that can derail them in October. And it takes away a lot of the enjoyment and really appreciation for what a long season is and how big of an accomplishment winning the division still is. Yeah. And uh, Yankees fans are spoiled. We're used to winning. We're not used to winning the division lately as much as people realize. Like I was talking about that last night, uh, twice in 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I guess three times in 11 years going back to 2012. But what makes the losses magnified is that uh, this fan base isn't used to losing streaks and losing series. And it, it turns into this, oh, my God, this team is not going to win the World Series, win the division. But like you said, it's baseball. Every other franchise is used to having seasons where they have down periods. And uh, the biggest thing for me this year was that coming out of 2021, where it was a roller coaster, literally no consistency, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. And then that ended with a crash and burn, one game elimination, yeah. you lose in the wild card to your rival rivals, the Red Sox. For them to come back this year um, and people criticize what they did in the offseason, people criticize what they did at the deadline, people criticize the guys that they played every day. It all uh, worked. And it, it worked. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of tip my cap to Cashman and the organization to say, hey, you bounced back and won the division when most people in baseball were saying you'd finish third or fourth. And, and listen, I understand what the end goal is here, but I like I say this all the time, Keith. You can't fast forward to October. You've got to play the season. It starts in February, and you've got to get through the summer. And just because there are certain things that don't go your way in June and July doesn't mean that you're not going to move in the direction that you want to go in. I think that's – listen, and they picked a very bad time, I think, when – 
after they had built this big lead and were showing some historic possibilities, uh, things fell apart a little too quickly and went uh, went way off track. I get that. They rebounded pretty well. August was a brutal schedule and it had, you know, the injury issues and slumps and things like that. September's schedule was a lot easier to deal with. That is a given. However, they rebounded in a lot of areas and really did have finished strong in September. Yeah. Um, going back to that, you know, we were comparing this Yankees team to the history of the Yankees, other Yankees teams that had won over 100 games, that had won the World Series, right? Uh, this is the Rolls Royce, not the Hyundai. You know, mm-hmm. other franchises don't have 100 win plus hey, seasons to compare We don't to. know who our sponsors are going to be down the road. <laughs> let's not disparage yeah. Hyundai, okay? <laughs> Hyundai is immediately out. They heard what I said. No. <laughs> uh, no, you. but you're right. The... There's an expectation here that doesn't mean you can't enjoy a season. I think that's always taken away. This is a big accomplishment. It always is. Okay. When you start in February and you're here at all, it's almost October winning a division is you can't get to the other steps without doing this first. So it's worth celebrating. It's worth acknowledging. And, and it's okay to say, wow, great job. Even though you know that there are bigger things to do. Um, I think the strong September really is a good indicator because you got, you had some players getting up off the deck um, and you had a healthier uh, pitching staff. You you've got the seeds here. Okay. We're going to get into this a little bit uh, later on, but um, this team is, is potentially good enough. Uh, that's really all you can ask for right now, Keith. There no all, I need, yep. all I need is to, to feel like they got a fighting chance. All I need is to know that they secured that. That's another thing. This is the first year of this new postseason format. And the Yankees went out there and got one of the top two seeds. The yeah. Yankees went out there and secured a first round buy. a team that has guys like Matt Carpenter and Andrew Benintendi, that need an extra week to heal, to mend, to potentially be able to join them. The Yankees handled business. They did what they had to do. This is the, the year post-lockout, right? There were some changes to the season after the lockout. And a lot of criticism came the Yankees' way for not making moves before the line, uh, um, before the lockout. And then what they did after the lockout, not going after uh, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, you know, the big-name free agents. Uh, the Yankees just, they did it right. And uh, going into October, I feel like they have more than a puncher's chance. I was saying last night on air, nobody knows how this postseason is going to go. You know, to say that the Dodgers and Astros are in it again, they were in it all these times in the old format. They got used to that routine. This is a new thing for everyone. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, but the Dodgers don't get to the World Series every year, and they've only won once in the last 30. You know, the Astros uh, have that one World Series. They've been knocked out. You have you have pitchers that, you know, sometimes you have pitchers that show up, sometimes pitchers that don't, which is – and that's a frustrating thing. Uh, that's where Garrett Cole kind of has to go. He gets a tune-up again. It's really a tune-up now because they're all exhibitions the rest of the way, right? There's nothing right. left for the Yankees to really play for. I know they haven't officially lost the one seed, but, I mean, you're not going to catch the Astros right now. No, uh, that's almost that was gone. lost, in my opinion, yeah. weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> When we were losing all those games, I'm like, the Astros are still winning. We're not getting and, them. 
and, and listen, and that's okay. All right. It's, you know, you're going to have an opportunity. Garrett Cole has a tune up tonight against a team that likes to hit, likes to hit home runs. The Yankees have pitched very well against the Blue Jays here these first couple of games. Uh, I think that's worth noting because the Blue Jays are hungry. They're still playing for something. And the Yankees pitched really well and held them down for two days. I think Garrett Cole kind of needs to do the same thing, even with less meaning attached to this game. The Blue Jays are postseason bound. They're a postseason team. I'd like to see Garrett Cole come out there tonight and shut them down and pitch well. Um, Jamison Tyone was great last night. He got me fired up. I'm looking at J-Mo like, hey, I wouldn't mind this guy getting a postseason start. And he's a guy that we were counting out first, right? We were saying, okay, whoever we trade for at the deadline, that's going to bump him out. Frankie Montas is on the IL. Obviously, we didn't get Luis Castillo. Jamison Tyone has stood up. He's been strong. He's had some solid starts in the last month, month and a half. And uh, I have confidence in him. I have confidence in Nestor Cortez. I have confidence in Luis Severino, right? Luis Severino, um, his next start, I think he said he's supposed to get up to 90 pitches. Mm -hmm. Um, He's ramping up to be ready to do that. And then even with Herman, I was talking last night about how we didn't get to see Herman in 2019 um, postseason in October because of what happened with him off the field. He could be a guy that I don't even know if they plan on starting, but he could be a weapon out of the bullpen. He could be, be a guy that they piggyback or that picks up a starter that struggles. So the Yankees have more pitching than they have had in the past couple years going to the postseason. Um, led by Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has to lead the way because he is the highest paid. He is the most experienced. Yeah. He is the game one starter. And uh this, you know, a couple, I think he's got two more starts, maybe three. Yeah. He's gotta he's gotta get right. He's gotta he's gotta look confident. He's gotta look sharp. He's gotta believe in his stuff. And uh we can't see him give up multiple home runs because like that's the thing that's plagued him all season. You're going to see him face Toronto. You're going to see him face Texas. So he's got some power hitters that he'll have to get through and get himself moving in the right direction. You know, it's an interesting point about Herman. Like, you know, I, I think we all want to script out. Here's a rotation. Here's what it's going to be. One, two, three, four, five. Well, I mean, you don't know how a series is going to go. Um, I mean, you could easily see a, a situation where what if what if Nestor Cortez can only get you through four innings in game two? Now you've got Herman or Ty Owen. You can piggyback on top of them or the same with Severino in a game three. And you've got these guys. It's you know, it doesn't have to be there. There's not a set formula for all this. Um, it's going to be unpredictable at times. I think the Yankees have enough pitching to get through multiple rounds. Um, the bullpen does worry me a little bit. I'll get into that with you a little bit later. Um, but listen, let's bring it back to, you know, we have, we've gone, you know, what, eight, nine minutes here. We haven't mentioned Aaron judge. Okay. Um, judge <laughs> is still stuck. He's stuck on 60. Uh, but boy, um, it's kind of fun to watch him. I don't think he's pressing. He'd be swinging at these pitches out of the zone. If he was pressing Keith. he's a robot. He's programmed. He isn't chasing pitches. I think they said something last night, like he's got one of the lowest chase rates in baseball. His his average like during this time is lower than it's been. He's locked and you can see his focus. Uh, if he was pressing, he'd be chasing those low and outside calls. And uh, he knows what he's looking for. This is a guy that has perfected his batting stance, his eye, his timing. And, uh, you know, he's fouling back some pitches when they do put it in the zone. You know, Bar- uh, uh, Barrios was going at him. He was he was on him, but not all the way on him. And. You know, it's tough because last night he ended up walking three times. So four, four times, four times. And it feels like they're pitching around him, but they're not. They just are pitching very cautiously, as you should, because Aaron Judge can take you deep on on any pitch. So um, I think it's good also that 
This takes some of the attention off of Judge for a night. Last night, the callers were not calling up talking about what they would do if they got the home run ball, um, you yeah. know, what game they're going to to see history. Now I think some of the attention has shifted. I hope he rests tonight. I hope they rest him like you know how they Maybe do. Maybe a good night to do it, right? Because Getaway day, going into an off day. We've so, seen this yeah. before. We've seen this before. And uh, he'll come home and, and possibly do it. And now I'm like, hey, all I need is 61 and 62. You know, all the talk about him getting 65, 66, uh, it's slowed down now. I just need this guy to get 61, 62 before the end of the season. Like you said, the rest of these games don't matter. Um, Nestor Cortez was calling them practice games. They are. I think these are practice yeah. games mm-hmm. and tune-up games and even tryouts for some of these arms coming out of the bullpen the rest of the way to see who is who and what is what going into October. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I'll get into the bullpen with you in a minute. I, I think what I love what Judge said last night about you talked about setting the table for the big boppers behind him. Are you kidding me? This is <laughs> he's <laughs> this, hilarious. I hope he's saying that with a wink and a smile because I think he understands. But, you know, he's taken he, stay, he, he, he saw 33 pitches in Tuesday night's game and five at bats. OK, five plate appearances. Uh, full count every single time. He lined out hard the first time, walked four times after that. But the guys behind him all week in this last week in which he hasn't a home run, Rizzo, Torres, um, before the last couple of days, Donaldson, they were getting big hits. And here's a here's something that jumps out to me, the direct effect of Aaron Judge kind of being pitched around for the last, uh, for the last several weeks, right? Um, and in the leadoff spot, Glaber Torres – has now driven in 23 runs in the month of September. Most RBIs in a single month in his career since May of 2018. Mm. Tells you that Glaber Torres is getting opportunities and he's taking advantage of them. This is so huge because you know you've you've seen this and you've talked about this. Glaber Torres is a proven postseason performer for the Yankees. And if they're going to work around Judge, if Rizzo is able to get on base, Glaber Torres seems to be in a place right now where he can make teams pay. He has to, and he has been. Uh, they said he's been batting over 400 in his last 15 games. He's got multiple RBIs, double-digit RBI, and uh, he looks comfortable up there, right? He's not always swinging for the fences. When he's swinging for the fences, that's when he's striking out. Mm-hmm. If he's taking what they give him, going the other way, hitting little slap singles, Great, Glaber. That's all we need. Move the line along. And uh, I'm very interested to see what happens with DJ coming back, right? You heard, you said Judge talked about the big boppers behind him. I think he's hilarious. He talks as if he's uh, some little uh, mm-hmm. outfielder speed guy at the top of the order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when DJ comes back, right, you know, does that push everyone down a little bit? Stanton has struggled the last two days. Donaldson has struggled the last two days. Um, there's going to be some changes with the lineup. Uh, I hope DJ is ready to go, but uh, these are all good problems to have as far as like, you know, another guy coming back, having the best player in the world in the lineup at the top of the order. Glaber Torres, a guy that had struggled, he was batting 183. That was the number for a while we were talking about with Glaber Torres. Now he's hitting over 400. He's figured it out. Even a guy like Oswaldo Cabrera in the lineup. Pleasant surprise for that young man to be what he is on this team the last month. Uh, they've they've got the pieces, they've got the guys, and and I'm excited to see what they do when they get in October. Like you just said, Glaber is proven in October. Yeah. Judge is going to have something to prove for sure this October, yeah. and uh, I hope the stars align. 
There's uh, there are some issues with guys coming back and what it could and couldn't do to the lineup here. Uh, you're listening to BXB. It's the Yankees podcast. This is episode seven. We're brought to you from Odyssey, available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe, uh, follow, review, all those fun things, and uh, and keep coming back for more as the Yankees are officially into postseason play, and uh, we'll be coming with you with, uh, well, all off season two, but uh, that's going to have to wait because the Yankees are in the postseason having clinched the AL East and a first-round bye. Uh, the ALDS uh, will be the first uh, will be the next game that counts in which you uh, see them play. The, um, the issues with DJ LeMahieu, Matt Carpenter, um, if they come Andrew Benintendi, um, the Yankees are playing well right now. You always want as many good players as you can have, Keith. Um, the problem right now is trying to figure out how good they are. DJ LeMay, who has been dealing with this foot issue and he's, he's close to, you know, now that the games don't matter. It's a good time to see if he can actually contribute. Um, he's got to be able to hit Keith. He's, if he can't hit, he's not worth putting in the lineup because you're taking some of these other guys out. There are some, you know, and there's an issue with that. The Yankees need to rotate guys. If DJ LeMahieu is going to play and you got to figure that out. First things to figure out, Keith, is can DJ LeMahieu hit? Because he even said it. If he can't hit, he's useless. Yeah. And if he can't hit, you don't just automatically put him at the top of the order and no. have him lead off. Uh, I hope they don't do that. Like, that's what I was like. Do, do they just put him in at leadoff after Judge has been leading off? Like maybe they put him lower in the lineup to see what he can do and then uh, potentially move him up. I hope he's good. This is a guy that the Yankees gave a six-year, $90 million contract to. This is a guy that we've seen play three different positions in the infield. He can be very valuable uh, coming up here. But this is, a, this is a Yankees team that has multiple guys that play multiple positions. And like they – they're not they're not hurting for much like, you know, even without DJ LeMayu, they can win games. So hopefully DJ is ready to go. Uh, I'm a DJ fan. Uh, I, I feel bad about the guy, the way his season ended last year and he missed the wild card. I hope he's ready to go for October this season. Listen, and if he's healthy and he can hit. OK, now you got to figure things out. But Anthony Rizzo is back. He's playing first. Glaber Torres. We just got done talking about him. You're not taking him out of the lineup. Right. Charles Donaldson struggled a little bit lately. He was on a little bit of a roll. He is phenomenal defensively. If DJ LeMay was compromised at all physically, it's going to affect him defensively, too. Uh, let's not forget that the Yankees um, have built themselves into a better defensive team. And I think that Josh Donaldson has to be a part of that. So where is DJ LeMahieu going to play? The only way you really want to start figuring that out, Keith, is if he is hitting and really hitting over the course of this last week of the season. Yeah, there's there's not a spot for him right now. Like like you said, Donaldson's glove at third has been good. He's he's made some mistakes, some bad throws or whatever, but overall, he's a solid third baseman. And Glaber Torres, you can't move. Glaber's going good. You just leave him there. Uh, mm. Rizzo being back, that lefty bat. Obviously, you want him at first. There is no starting position for DJ. Kind of funny. That's how DJ came into the Yankees. Where is he going to play? You know, there's there's no starting position for this guy. But he's a two-time batting champ. He's a guy that was getting MVP votes in 2020, um, 2019. I don't know. I think he, you know, even if he's on the bench, he'll be a valuable piece for the Yankees because he can play multiple, posi multiple positions. And if his bat comes to life in these last two weeks of the season, uh, good for the Yankees to have him. 
Um, I also think he's a leader on the team. I think he's a, a guy, a veteran that people look to on the team as a guy that's been around and, and done it for years. It's only worth it if he can hit. And at that point, though, you say, OK, you got the DH to play with, too. But Giancarlo Stanton is part of this, right? Yeah. Stanton has been miserable since coming back, minus a couple of hits. Um, but you almost have to keep taking that chance of putting him out there because you know what happens when Stanton gets hot. Another guy that is proven in October, uh, another guy that is feared that, you know, even when he's not going right, he's feared and the pitchers approach him differently. So you have to have him in there. You have to hope that he gets locked in. It's like Stanton will hit a grand slam or, you know, he'll show up uh, and hit a home run when you need him to once in a while, a clutch home run, but it's not consistent at all. And uh, his strikeouts, they're tough to watch, but yeah, you got to keep them in that lineup unless Matt Carpenter s- suddenly is um, healed up in the next couple of weeks. I would not mind seeing uh, Stanton get a break and, you know, Carpenter be in that DH spot, especially as another left-handed bat in the lineup. That's the other thing too. Um, and listen, I think we know that their outfield is pretty much set, right? Bader in center, judge in right. And you're going to play Oswaldo Cabrera in left right now. Um, you know, uh, so you don't need to squeeze Matt Carpenter into the outfield. You don't need to squeeze Giancarlo Stanton into the outfield. Nope. You're better with the, so you've got, now you're trying to figure out, okay, you need the healthy body and the best hitter at DH right now. That's still Giancarlo Stanton, because I don't know what DJ LeMay and Matt Carpenter. Are. And let's, let's remember, even if Matt Carpenter comes back, he was on such a role. I mean, I don't know that I can just plug him in and expect, you know, Raul Banez 2012 going into a postseason game. There's a long way back. He's been out a long time. Giancarlo Stanton might still be your best bet in that spot because and I'll find out if DJ LeMay you can hit soon. I, I, I just, you know, Carpenter was a really good story for a long time, Keith, but can I plug him in and expect that again? We don't know. And no, I was talking to one of my boys about this. I'm like, you guys forgot, right? When Carpenter burst on the scene, it was Memorial Day weekend. We were in Tampa. He was hitting home runs right away. He was looking like Barry Bonds before Judge yeah. really got rolling. And he was seeing the ball so well. Uh, his home runs in Yankee Stadium uh, over the short porch were awesome. And they were no doubters. They weren't short porchers. I, I feel so bad that this guy got hurt and uh, has had to sit down now for a couple months. We don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, reclaim the Matt Carpenter that we saw, the Matt Carpenter that we were looking at. Like, wow, this is a guy that could get comeback player of the year, you know, if there was a trophy for that. Like, this is a guy that no one really saw coming. And uh, he came out of the gate with home runs and RBI and clutch hits. And I don't know if he's going to be that, but I know this. He's a veteran. Um, he's got, got postseason experience. And when we're looking at the Yankees, I always use this example because in 2020, when we were playing Tampa, we had to go to a left-handed bat late in the game. And that left-handed bat was Mike Ford. Yeah. I will take yeah, yeah. Matt Carpenter yes. over Matt yeah. Ford, uh, over Mike Ford 10 times out of 10, whether he's seeing the ball or not, just the threat. He's got a good eye, right? He's going to see some pitches. And uh, I think he'll be ready in, in that capacity, a left-handed bat off the bench to pinch hit late. You know, and and I wonder if, you know, I don't know when Andrew Benintendi is going to get a chance to really show what he's going to do yet. He's still a ways away. You're probably not thinking about him for the division series at all because he hasn't really done anything yet, right? So maybe down the road if you advance. Um, But all of a sudden that's going to, you know, put Oswaldo Cabrera in a different box. Um, And he has been – what's really impressed me is that he went – he started out hot. Then he, then he went through a slump, and you're thinking, okay, rookie is going to disappear as soon as he gets cold. They're starting to pitch uh, pitch to him differently. His confidence is going to take a hit. 
he came out of that. He came out of that well and is back again to being a guy who is showing you some of that energy. Um, he's going – if you're going to bring back Carpenter or Benintendi or all of these guys, he's going to be a guy who whose at-bats are going to be harder to find. And I think that's okay. I, I think he's – a young man that is just soaking it all in and is happy to be here and understands he's a rookie and that he wasn't necessarily in the plans. And uh, if he's got to take a seat, he's got to take a seat. You know, I threw his name out there on uh, MLB network yesterday. They were talking about what rookie would you want to start a team with? And it was Julio Rodriguez and Steven Kwan and uh, Bobby Witt Jr. And Michael Harris. Yeah. And you know, I joke cause I'm like, well, there's a guy in New York that's played six positions. He's a switch hitter, like pretty valuable. Yeah. Sample size is way smaller, but sure. just what I said, though, he's played six different positions. He's a switch hitter. He yeah. is a valuable utility guy off the bench, depending on the situation and circumstances. If he's not a starter, that's OK, because I also kind of want to shield him from postseason where you make a mistake and that's forever. Uh, I think Oswaldo will understand that, too. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out as we get going, like if Benintendi is probably the most important player they can get back, I'm thinking, because, you know, LeMayu is, I think LeMayu is still, I don't know if he's fully compromised physically, but we got done talking about like, you have people to play those positions who are contributing. Um, and Cabrera is contributing too, but Benintendi is a different level kind of guy, a veteran guy, lefty bat. Um, and I think that he just adds something different. He's the one guy that I think you'd say, yep, if he's healthy, I'm playing him, I'm putting him in. I don't know that I can say that about LeMayhew and Carpenter as much as it hurts to say that. I don't know that it's just that easy if they're healthy, they're playing. LeMayhew might be healthy, but like I need to see him hit. You know what I mean? Benintendi makes this outfield the best outfield that will be in the postseason. Benintendi, Bader Judge. Benintendi is a guy that they traded for at the deadline that most likely will move on and go somewhere else and sign for a big deal uh, in another um, city somewhere. So for me, it's like you need you need to advance and you need to get something out of this guy. He's a World Series champion. He has that experience and that pedigree. Even just his style uh, of hitting, his approach at the plate in this lineup is needed. He is the most important uh, guy to return out of the three between DJ, Carpenter, and uh and benny i don't know i i just hope that his handmate bone which when he when they were talking to him about it he made it seem like oh i've dealt with this before it'll be a month and uh i hope that there is a chance that you know he's back and the yankees roll out this postseason roster and you see all the names and you're like yeah here we go yankees are ready to roll and uh they have an embarrassment of riches right they have more help than they need you know it's a these are good problems to have they have more superstars more all-stars more talent than they can even put on the field I think I think there is a danger in that I do remember in 2006 watching what I thought was a pretty good Yankees team get Hideki Matsui back late in the season from an injury and trying to figure out how to get Matsui and Sheffield and Giambi and and all and A Rod was kind of fizzling at that point uh, of the season and that in October I feel like that's there is a danger in that. Um, but I, I guess that's a question you answer when everybody gets healthy again. One guy that got healthy and is contributing, we've seen a week's worth of Harrison Bader. Um, I think we all like what we see, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I see Bader. And even last night, he's drinking the beers. He's partying with the guys. And, you know, St. Louis clinched uh, last night. So yeah. he would have been celebrating either way. 
And, he's going to get two playoff shares. <laughs> <laughs> and he was partying like he's been on the Yankees all year. He looks comfortable. He's a New Yorker. He is a guy that has come in and um, didn't waste any time erasing the thought of, oh, Jordan Montgomery, that was a bad trade. He didn't waste any time fitting in, making an impact. And he belongs. He belongs. So I'm excited for him. His speed, uh, what, we, what we've seen of him in center field, we haven't seen anybody cover center field like that. I guess Guardy is the closest thing. But – uh, he's going to be a better bat than Guardy. He's going to steal bases and he's just got a, like a young flair and uh, pizzazz. And I don't know, he's just one of those type of guys. When you see him on the field, you know, he's got it. He doesn't look nervous at all. The pinstripes don't look heavy at all. I'm excited for him. I do like, you know, watching him come in on a ball on the low line drives. I think probably the best I've seen a Yankee do that since Gardner. Cause that's not something. Remember those are balls that Aaron judge in center field is letting fall in front of yep, him and Hicks. Yep. Yes, those, get balls, those are singles in front of him. Bader is charging those balls like, I mean, no hesitation. And he's making he's made at least two of those diving plays on balls in front of him. That's where the big payoff is. As much as we want to say Judge is a good center fielder, he's not getting the break and covering the ground on those balls in front of him the way Bader is. Yeah, no, Bader is uh, – he, he saved one of the games against the Red Sox he, with, with one of those catches. Bader is different. And he talks about, you know, working out with his dad and training and – uh, he's been practicing this stuff his whole life. Um, but shout out to Judge. Judge made a nice throw from center last night to oh, get yeah. Bo Bichette. Bo, mm-hmm. Bo Bichette was off the bag. I'm like, what are these guys doing? They do all that talk about this is my house. And then yeah. right after that, Vladdy Jr. thinks he hit one out. He's not hustling. And then yeah. he gets thrown out at second. I'm like, see, the Blue Jays are not quite there yet. Everyone said that the Blue Jays were going to win the division this Great year. Point. They still have some growing up to do. That's- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. That's a great point because, you know, Teoscar Hernandez did it the other night. You said, Vlad, I mean, if Vladdy, if, Vladdy should know what's a home run in his house, right? He should know that. Um, I think I think it's a great point. It's hard to you know. Remember how how long ago were we talking about you know people saying you know, the Yankees are the fourth best team in this division? Really, not March. the case anymore. Not the case. Okay, and they beat all these guys head to head too. They won season series against Tampa Bay and Toronto. These are teams you could see. Do we fear these 
teams anymore. I mean, I th- I don't think you fear them. I mean, I think you have healthy respect for everybody that gets to October, but you know, the Yankees are showing you they're good enough to beat both of those teams. Yeah, I don't think we fear them. I think it was like the baby Blue Jays. We we looked at them as like, oh, they're pests. They're going to be a problem. They're going to get better and better. Okay, they went and got Matt Chapman. They traded for Whit Merrifield. Like, yeah. they've got some guys. But no, the Yankees have gone toe-to-toe with them and beat them in their place and New York. Same with Tampa, right? There was a little bit of a rivalry starting with Tampa. Mm-hmm. There was a little beef, and a little back and forth. And now it's like, no, we, we've handled business in in the trop, we've handled business in New York, right? Tampa used to be too comfortable for me in the Bronx. Their players <laughs> used to just be hanging out in the dugout, having a good old time. That's done. Uh, I think now the Yankees have kind of reasserted their dominance, and uh, they have some really good players and good pitching. And going into this postseason, we're most likely not going to run into our own division. Our own division is going to line up, I think, and uh, end up facing uh, Houston. And we'll end up facing the winner of the Guardians uh, Mariners series, and that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine by me. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I want to get into that, but let's let's you know you mentioned Jordan Montgomery a minute ago, and I think it's worth revisiting as we talked about Bader. Um, we all want to react right away to every trade and everything that happens. Say this is what we know. We don't know. Um, you know, if you go back and draw some parallels to 1996, the Yankees traded for a couple of pitchers who were miserable in the end of the regular season. David Weathers and Graham Lloyd. Both pitchers were lights out in October. Um, and those trades didn't look good in August, September. They looked great by the time he got through October. Now take this trade here. You know, Bader was in the boot. He was a joke. He was a punchline. Montgomery is doing a Sandy Koufax impression with the Cardinals. Well, last six starts, not very Koufaxian. I don't yeah. mean this is a, I don't mean this is a shot at Montgomery. It's just kind of you know this is what happens. You comes back play. down to earth a little yeah, bit, right? Everything right away. He's pitching oh to over a five or six ERA over his last. Last six starts, gave a bunch of home run balls to the Dodgers last week. Well, Bader is finally coming back and showing you why they needed a center fielder, why they traded for a center fielder. And as we've talked about, Keith, the price he had to pay to get a center fielder was a starting pitcher. It had to be done. And, you know, we all want to jump and jump to the conclusions right away. Watch it play out. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a trade. You have to give some value to get some value. And I keep going back to the fact that Cashman said he was going to improve this team up the middle. And when I saw Aaron Hicks as a starting center fielder, I'm like, you lied. That's not improving this team no, up the middle. he was waiting. He knew that he, he didn't have. <laughs> exactly what he did. He waited. And we talked about this, I think, on you know one of the last episodes. There, you know, There's two times you can uh, improve your team in the offseason and at the deadline. And he waited to the deadline. And when I first saw that deal go, that deal was at the buzzer. I was excited about it because I had seen Harrison Bader. And I, I literally thought about, okay, I didn't even know if he would be ready for this year. But I thought about two things. Jordan Montgomery never gets run support. It is not working here. He's been here his whole career. He's been good, but he hasn't been great, and the team doesn't score for him. That is a guy you trade. And then Harrison Bader is a spark plug, literally a spark plug. You put him in the game. You can put him in late to pinch hit. He's a spark plug. He's a New Yorker. So when I saw that trade go go through, I was like, oh, great. I didn't feel like we lost that much losing Jordan Montgomery, but I felt like we gained something. If this kid comes back, he's healthy, he can run and play the way he did in St. Louis. And so far, so good. And they've been kind of resting him a little bit to make sure that he can stomp around in October. I think he's going to have some big moments for the Yankees. Uh, October comes down to, you know, just the smallest margin of error. 
And when you have a guy that can clean up center field like that, when you have a guy that can put pressure on the starting pitcher like that when he's on the base paths, it, it makes a difference. Jordan Montgomery can't make a difference in every game like Harrison Bader can. Jordan Montgomery might not have gotten a postseason start at all. He might have been on the roster and maybe come out of the bullpen or not have pitched at all. Harrison Bader, um, it, it, as far as value goes, is more valuable to the New York Yankees and what they're trying to do this year. Yeah, and, and, and listen, and again, I don't want to tear down Jordan Montgomery. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the whole idea of run support, it's kind of weird, but it doesn't mean that, that it can't happen. Like, it, like you would still, if you had to pitch him in a play, playoff game, you would pitch him in a playoff game and you feel like he's going to help you compete. But it was the price you had to pay to get a more valuable piece. And that's, I think, the biggest thing right there. Um, the pitching is something that I think we want to look at in the postseason. Let's remind everybody, you're listening to BXB. It's the Yankees podcast from Odyssey. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy on Twitter. He's Keith at, he's at Keith underscore McPherson. No. I'm at Yankees WFAN. And you can follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms from Odyssey. Make sure you subscribe, review, and all that jazz. And uh, keep coming back uh, throughout this Yankees Postseason run now, we are the place to be to break it down. The postseason run, as you mentioned, Keith, is probably is probably uh, taking on the winner of a Seattle-Cleveland series. Tampa Bay is still pretty close there, so it's either Seattle or Tampa Bay, depending on how this final week plays out, um, against Cleveland in the best-of-three first-round wildcard series, and then the winner to take on the Yankees as the two seed um, playoff rotation. Okay. Uh, I, I think, we, I think we kind of understand as we talked about earlier, you don't know how a series is exactly going to go. So you have to be prepared to move around a little bit, but Garrett Cole game one, Nestor Cortez game two, Luis Severino game three seems like a pretty good place to start from. Works for me. Uh, our two all-stars are $36 million ace. Uh, Severino, who has postseason experience, who's come back from Tommy John, says he feels better, says he feels stronger. Uh, if those are if that's the three and that's how we're lining up, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I kind of already uh, saw that through in my mind. And game one is the biggest game because uh, you lose game one. It's tough. They're all the biggest game. They're all I was about to say, but they're all the biggest game in 2020. We, we beat Tampa in game one and everyone was thinking, oh, we got them. We got them. Nah, you don't got them because they can come back and win the rest of the games or win more games than you. But, uh, you know, Garrett Cole has to set the tone and has to at least be competitive and give us innings that first game. Like if he can go seven innings and not give up two, three home runs and then kind of save the bullpen, then you go to Nestor Cortez, who we know is like good for five, maybe six innings. And then you use the bullpen in, in the second game. Sevy's another guy that we're not expecting to go seven innings. You know, we use a bullpen behind him. And then if it's Tyone in, in a game four situation, um, with Herman piggybacking, like I think the Yankees are well, still pretty good. The off days are going to play into this because you can. Bring oh, that's the, right. Yep. Starter for Game Four, and then you got to figure out Game Five, all hands on deck kind of thing. See, Sweeney, that's the thing too. It's different this year. I was talking about this on air. How it's it's one game off day. Well, in the ALDS, it's it's one game off day, another game off day. Like in New York, that's how it's going to yeah. be set up. Then two games on the road. And then game five at home with no off day no to, off to travel in between. Uh, yeah. So you could set up, you know, Garrett Cole to go twice. 
I don't know if I actually want that, but that's what we're signed up for anyway. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's still a guy. Listen, he's got to solve the home run thing. Like we talked about this. The guy can face 30 batters and look completely dominant against 26 of them. I mean, and then the the home run is what kills the outing. You know, he's going to have over 250 strikeouts this season. You know, that's dominant stuff. That's kind of what plays. And that's it's actually part of the problem with the Yankees bullpen is that they don't have enough swing and miss. This is going to be a little bit of a problem. I understand they're better defensively, but October, you want people who miss bats. Um, the best person to miss bats is no longer an option for the Yankees. That's a role as Chapman. You know, he's, he's out of this mix altogether. I think we've seen Jonathan Lewisig is the really interesting one here because he was striking guys out last year, not so much this year. I think he can be maybe the most effective Yankees reliever and maybe the guy you want closing out the most opportunities here, but I'm still worried. There's not enough swing and miss capability in that bullpen. Clay Holmes, hopefully Wandy Peralta comes back and he's good after a little bit of rest. They've been going to Lou Trevino. Uh, hopefully he can get it done. Another Wandy. trade deadline guy where you say, don't judge it right away. Let's see what he does. Scott Efros from the yeah. trade deadline, Ron Marinasio. I think they have the guys. It's just a matter of them performing and Boone calling on them at the right time and the right matchup. Uh, I think they have enough in this bullpen. There's going to be some guys left off of the, the postseason roster, you said Chapman. I don't expect Britain. I, I think Clark Schmidt might be left off too. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, I swing think, and I misses. Think they're really looking at Schmidt. They're testing Schmidt. They used him three times mm-hmm. in five games. Uh, he's never done that before. He's a starting pitcher by trade, right? They actually, believe it or not, they really used him four times in five days. And I'm curious to see how he's bouncing back because. He pitched in two games of the two of the first three games against Boston. The Sunday night game, he was warmed up and coming in from the bullpen when the rain delay was called. So that's essentially warming up and getting ready. That's three times in four days. Then they used him Monday night. That's four times in five days, essentially, right? Um, I I think they are testing him and using him to see what they got because he's got that strikeout ability. He's got that swing and miss stuff that they're missing. I think they're going to, as you said earlier, you're going to use this final week here to test guys out. One of the things I'm kind of curious about rather than in a playoff game, rather than six, seven, eight, nine, using four different guys for an inning. Can you, can you run the out there for two? Can you use uh, run Trevino out there, Efros out there for two, and not use everybody in your bullpen on a given night, but try to maybe get these guys through multiple innings because they're going well. Use that kind of an impact. I don't know. Yeah, the Yankees are smarter than I am. They, they're they going to have a plan. Matt Blake and Aaron Boone, they're going to have a plan and a strategy for how to approach uh, whoever we're playing. And uh, I, I hope it works. I don't know. The bullpen is always that part of October where it starts to get shaky and you just hope for the best. Like, okay, we're going to the pen. You know the other team is gearing up. Okay, now we got the starter out of there. Let's see if we can attack the bullpen. There's some guys coming out of this bullpen that don't have much postseason experience. They don't have high leverage experience, but we're, we're going to be uh, calling on them. Another name that might not make it, I don't know what they actually think of him. I don't think that much of him. Lucas Lickie. Um, he, have- he's got some value to them, you know, because remember, you're going to you're going to run into a game. You're going to be losing a postseason game. You're going to be losing a game seven to one, seven to two. And you don't want to burn all your guys. Sure. Somebody like Licky's going to go out there and throw 50 pitches to get you through the end of that game. Yeah, he'll be around. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I'm leaving out of the bullpen that we haven't mentioned yet or uh, 
I don't know. I mean, there's some time to figure that part out, too. And I think I want to see what they do this week to see who's going to get the outings and how. Um, I don't want to overlook you know, Seattle, Tampa Bay, or Cleveland. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit more as we get closer to the division series. But I do want to point out, Keith, that, I mean, I think we're all looking at this, you know, collision course with Houston at some point and wondering what's possible. The Yankees lost five out of seven. Uh, the two wins were walk-offs. Uh, Houston appeared to dominate the Yankees from a pitching perspective too. But let's admit, like, Houston is beatable, okay? They are beatable. And if you look at some of the games very recently, I think you can see that that's possible. The way the Orioles played them last week in the four-game series, they shut them out two games. (laughs) They got shut out twice, right? And even last month when they played the Orioles, the Orioles held Houston down. Um, It's possible to pitch with them. The Yankees, as we said, they've got a good pitching staff. Keith, this is not the runaway that I think we – feared when we look at the five out of seven that the Astros won in the regular season, Houston is a beatable team and you just kind of roll the dice to see what happens in October. Yeah. I remember looking at those scores and I'm like, is it, is it because Trey Mancini's back? Is it a little awkward with Trey Mancini getting all the love from Baltimore and you know, these guys aren't scoring Uh, the Yankees definitely need to take a look at those games and see how Baltimore attacked them. Yes. Um, I saw last night, Jordan Alvarez kind of twisted his ankle. He's got a, little bit of an ankle issue. He's their MVP. He's been going crazy lately. If he's not fully healthy, that's the thing. I also talked about the postseason and guys not having that postseason experience. They're relying on a rookie shortstop. Jeremy Pena's never played in October. Uh, he's a great player, but like yeah. October is different. It's not the same kind of baseball. It's 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 hyper, hyper like intense. So this is not the uh same villains of old. This is not the same Astros that we've seen. They have talent, they have good players, and they have good pitching. But, uh, you know, Justin Verlander, he's he's up there in age. He can crack. I know Framber, Framber Valdez was solid. He had something like 24 quality mm-hmm. starts in a row. And they know how to pitch the Yankees. They've sure. been a nemesis. But I know uh, I, I want that. Like, I want that ALCS. I want that redemption. I want the Yankees to face them. Uh, I want the Yankees to beat them. I want the Yankees to, you know, just kind of, like, get that monkey off their back, right? The Astros have eliminated the Yankees four times in the last few years, something like that, 2015, 2017, 2019. Three times. So three times, Mm -hmm. it's got to come back around, and this can be the year. Uh, There's going to be time to figure that out. And again, I don't want to overlook that first series because you've got a good Cleveland team, a hot Cleveland team uh, that's that's you know really pushed themselves away from everybody else in the Central. Uh, I think we know that you know the other teams can be dangerous, and in the five game series, everybody is dangerous. So we're going to get into that. We uh, the games are as as you talked about. They're kind of exhibitions for the next week or so, and we'll see what Aaron Judge can do. We'll see what the rest of these this pitching staff can do moving forward, and that's going to be exciting too. Um, so let's, let's save some of that for, as we get going, we'll, we'll break down playoff stuff a little bit more as we get closer for sure. Um, this is BXB. It's the Yankees podcast from Odyssey. This is episode seven. Make sure you check out our archive and go back and listen to some of our other fun conversations. See what we were right or wrong about over the last couple of weeks as we were diving into all that subscribe review and all that jazz. Um, Keith, anything else before we get out of here? I'm excited for the Yankees to come back this final homestand, not even homestand, this final series, uh, three games this weekend. I I hope that Judge rests tonight in Toronto, and then he comes back and he gets 61 and 62 against the Orioles in the Bronx. I'll I'll be there Friday and I think Saturday. And, uh, you know, Fan Appreciation Day is Sunday. 
Uh, for any fans listening, if you go to the game Sunday, you'll get a free ticket voucher for the 2023 season. There you um, go. Yeah, it's it's time. It's October. It's fun. Celebrate winning the division and start to dream. You got to believe. Start to dream about you know making a run through October. This team can do it. They they are set up to do it. And uh, we we know how long it's been since we've had a World Series here. Start thinking about you know what it's like to advance and those crazy moments and uh, they can get it done and we can have a parade here in New York. That's what we want, right? We had the lockout. We fought for 162 games. Uh, this team started off great. They struggled, but they figured it out. Now they're getting healthy at the right time. It feels like it's all coming together. And this is the most fun time of year for baseball fans, Yankees fans, and we're walking right into it. He's Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Chichester. Thank you for listening to BXB. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.